to the art of successful living. My name is Joanne Williams. This podcast is all about learning how to overcome personal difficulties, make better choices, and cultivate a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today as we continue this new series called Seven Places Jesus Bled. Today is part two. If you missed the first episode of this series, I encourage you to go back and check it out. Let's review briefly what we discussed last time. First, the life of the flesh is in the blood because blood represents life. Jesus' bloody crucifixion paid the price for sin once and for all. Through his own blood, Jesus entered into the Holy of Holies. The power of that blood has entirely destroyed the power of sin, death, the grave, and hell. We as believers must understand the value of the blood corresponds to the value of the life that is in it. So the last time I gave an example. The example was the life of a sheep is of less value than the life of an oxen. The life of a man is more valuable than that of many sheep or oxen. Now, who can tell the value of or the power of the blood of Jesus? We must understand that the soul of the Holy Son of God dwelt in that blood. The eternal life of the Godhead was carried in that blood. The atoning virtue of his blood is also infinite. Meaning, even though his blood was shed more than 2,000 years ago, is still able to save anyone who calls on the name of Jesus for salvation. Jesus Christ. The blood still works. Secondly, the prophets and the four evangelists tell you that Jesus bled seven times for you and me. The seven times that Jesus bled was no coincidence. Each of these times were prophetic acts, prophesied about hundreds of years prior to their occurrence. The first place he bled was during interrogation. Jesus was innocent, but he allowed himself to be falsely accused and abused until he bled without defending himself so that you and I could be free from every accusation of the devil. Jesus was beaten until he bled during the interrogation. In your place and my place, without defending himself to deliver you and me from every accusation of the evil one. I also mentioned that this was his trial was a two-step process. So today let's talk about when Annas sent Jesus who was still tied up to the high priest Caiaphas to be judged by the high council. There was not yet an official accusation. So they hurried up, 
drummed up a few prosecutors and brought them in. And then, you know, um, their testimonies were false and they contradicted each other. Jesus was abused twice during the interrogation and the hearing of false testimonies. Both times he bled. And I mentioned this last week, so I encourage you to go back and listen to the first episode of this series. Anywho, during this abuse, Jesus was not only ridiculed, spat upon, and hit in the face, but the hairs of his beard were ripped out of his cheeks until he bled, just as the prophet Isaiah foretold. I bared my back to those who beat me. I did not stop them when they insulted me, when they pulled out the hairs of my beard and spit in my face. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 6 and Matthew chapter 26 verses 57 through 67. What does a beard symbolize in the Bible? It symbolizes God's divine attributes of mercy and compassion. Mm. The blood of Jesus not only cleanses your heart, my heart from sin. It not only frees you and me from the accusations of the evil one, but the blood of Jesus will also cleanse your conscience, my conscience, which accuses us from the inside out. That's why his blood is much more powerful and makes our consciences clear. Now we can serve the living God and no longer do the things that lead to death. The Bible says Christ was sinless and he offered himself as an eternal and spiritual sacrifice to God. That's why his blood is so much more powerful and that blood that he shed makes our conscience clear. We as upright Christians generally know that God has forgiven our sins, yet many still walk around feeling guilty. How's that possible? Do you understand that it is not only the evil one who is accusing you? Your own conscience also accuses you from the inside out, causing you to feel guilty. The Greek word for conscience is derived from the verb sunido, S-U-N-E-I-D-O, which could be translated as seeing in your mind's eye. King David said in one of his Psalms, For I am aware of my rebellious acts. I am forever conscious of my sin. He didn't want to, but he kept seeing in his mind's eye how he committed adultery with Bathsheba and sent her husband to death. This was not an accusation from the evil one. It was David's own conscience that accused him. David cried out to God, close your eyes to my sin and wipe out all my evil. Create a pure heart in me, O God, 
and put a new and loyal spirit in me. Psalms 51 verses 9 and 10. Hebrews 9, 14, thankfully, thankfully, the Bible says that how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. When your conscience is cleared and made holy through the blood of Jesus, it will no longer accuse you. And you will hear the Lord's voice better, enabling you to serve him with more joy. Jesus' beard was ripped out because our conscience accuses us too. But the blood of Jesus cleanses our conscience. That's all we have for now. And if you like what you heard, give me a thumbs up. Also, click that notification button so you'll be notified when the next podcast comes out. Until next time, be blessed.